Yes, we do. Every single weekend on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. This is Citizen Watch Saturday. At Schumer said. Livingston. Dos Palos. Stevenson. And all of our friends out there in River Valley. Hey, so happy to have you here with us in this segment of Citizen Watch. No, oh, I'm not going to go with that song. Too many crickets. I have to do everything myself. Dave Luna. Oh, that's the sound of the police. Dave, uh, <laughs> Dave Luna has a staff. We have to do everything ourselves. So happy to have you here with us. The 8 o'clock hour of Citizen Watch, July 10th, 2021. We've been gone a couple of weeks. Had some great guests, Dr. Steve Teachin and Hisham Atal from the Merced Irrigation District. Of course, Dr. Teachin with the Merced County Office of Education. We reviewed their interviews and some of the subjects in the 6 a.m. hour. If you ever want to hear any of our old shows, including those interviews, go to 1480kyos.com. Go to the podcast tab on the navigation bar. Click there and you will find not only Citizen Watch, but also Community Conversations, which I just finished up in the 7 o'clock hour. Of course, this is the 8 a.m. hour, our flagship hour. This is the one we've pretty much kept the whole time we've been on the air, going on a decade. Can you believe it? And at 9 o'clock, we have the bonus half hour. This week, special guest, in-studio guest, Congressman Jim Costa, 16th Congressional District. What Congress are they in? This is the 113th uh, Congress. Forget. Anyway, I thought I wrote that down. Uh, 245th anniversary of... The nation's independence this past weekend. What a great celebration. Of course, Congressman Costa in attendance there, along with a lot of the other electeds. Adam Gray, I thought for a minute there he had the mayor and Merced and the supervisor. They're always together in the truck, but it was just a couple of labs. I had to look at the picture twice. Of course, Adam, sporting a beard, uh, has taken uh, Congressman Costa's prop of the old 79 Chevy pickup there, you know, driving around the old blue Chevy. I don't know. Does Adam have a gun rack in the back of that thing? Probably not. The Second Amendment folks in the Democratic Party probably wouldn't tolerate that. They're barely uh, letting him get away in that gas-guzzling, smog-emitting Chevy. I hope Adam uh, goes against the California Air Resources Board to to bat for us so we can keep our classic cars. Anyway, Fourth of July was a big deal. A big, big uh, event, I thought, was having the Air Force band come down from Travis Air Force Base up north of us in Sacramento area played uh, not only the AMP, the amphitheater at Applegate Park, but also the Atwater Fourth of July parade uh, parade event, not in the parade, but actually at the event there in the park. It was a really nice time. I went out there. Uh, Beautiful weather. I'll tell you, not like this week. (laughs) It's funny how, uh, you know, one weekend is great and the next weekend, my chihuahua, it's hot this weekend. Might break some records tomorrow. I don't know, 113. Please take care of the animals and the old people and yourselves, if you're one of those. But uh, Jim Costa, he's going to be on at the 9 o'clock, the bonus half hour. He, I don't, I don't know, he seemed to, I don't know if I upset him. You know, we talked about a lot of things. One of them was reconcil- reconciliation, excuse me, 
reconciliation, uh, the process by which they just jam through uh, their desired bill because they hold a, a slim majority. One person, i.e. the, used to be our senator, Kamala Harris. She's now the vice president, if you haven't forgot. Some people would say it's Pete Buttigieg, but I think that's next time somebody runs. But uh, Kamala, she's the tiebreaker. Of course, the uh, stimulus package that they just passed when Uncle Joe got in, what was it, two two trillion? That that got through under reconciliation. A lot of pork there, and we talked a little bit about the infrastructure bill uh, trying to make its way through the Congress. Eventually, we'll go to the Senate. We saw where Senator Schumer threatened to uh, cancel the vacation, cancel the recess until this infrastructure bill gets through because they realize. I didn't get a chance to talk to the congressman about it too much. But you basically have this honeymoon period of, uh, well, a period of months. Some would would say a couple of years until the midterm elections. It's really getting down to almost less than a year. As you know, the midterms are coming up less than a year away in June of next year. People already positioning, jockeying for a slot on the ballot. I noticed in the Merced County Times coverage this week, again, a great, great local paper, paper color coverage. Uh, they have uh, well, a couple of candidates here. Uh, new candidate David Giglio introduces himself. Obviously, he wants change in Washington. And, of course, Congressman Jim Costa always smiling when he meets with the locals. Never lost an election, just to let you know, Congressman Costa. But uh, anyway, he was in talking about, uh, we were talking about reconciliation. He kind of kind of bristled a little bit when I brought up the potential of, you know, you have the infrastructure bill that everybody agrees on, bridges, roads, even broadband, some of these things that are a little outside of, uh, what does Darren like to say, Darren McDaniel, Supervisor District 3, brick and mortar. And broadband, well, there's a, you know, there's a tower somewhere, but it's these, you know, waves that go through, you know, it's almost like radio. And uh, we realized during the uh, distance learning fiasco that there was not enough broadband out there for the children, let alone for industry and the things that are happening uh, in a developed world, a developed country as ourselves. So that has now been included in infrastructure. And almost everybody can agree, both sides of the aisle, that, yeah, that would be great. That's about a, well, I don't know. Jim was, uh, Congressman Costa, was saying it was about uh, $1.2 trillion. I've heard uh, north of $500 million. Or billion, excuse me. Well, you, you know, bees, billions, millions. Pretty soon you're talking real money. Anyway, uh, Congressman Costa said, yeah, you know, we can agree on that. But, uh, you know, the reconciliation realized that the tax cuts of the previous administration, the Trump administration, those were passed with reconciliation. Because, again, the Democrats, by God, they were not going to give the people any of their money back. As you remember, <laughs> they said that would cost us. Yeah, because you're not getting the money in. You kind of anticipated getting that. So the tax cuts uh, were passed with reconciliation, and his argument was, hey, well, that's, you know, that's been done before, so if we do it this time for Joe's uh, Uncle Joe, excuse me, the president, Joe Biden, is he really running the country? I kind of wonder. I really wonder. We didn't, I didn't ask the congressman that. But uh, Joe, Joe's package, uh, six, seven, eight trillion dollars, you know, the new Green Deal, uh, babysitters for everybody. I mean, it's really wild. What some people's definition of infrastructure and the congressman kind of said, hey, you know, what's good for the goose, i.e. the tax cuts being passed by reconciliation is now good for the gander uh, with the green infrastructure bill, if that's the way it has to go. 
So I see a, uh, you know, again, he's going to, I think, do what Nancy Pelosi and the leadership want of the Democrats. It's really, there's some internal dissension in the party, which is kind of unique to watch because they want to go even further left. I mean, Jim's, Jim Costa is pretty left, but there's some folks that really, really want to drive the bus, drive the economy, drive the country right into socialism. It's really amazing. Uh, the push, you got Bolshevik Bernie in there really running the party and independent. You know, the, the, the Democratic Party, who are you? Who are you? So it's really uh, interesting. But again, Congressman Costa sharing a little bit what's going on there. Let's see. Oh, we had a sad, you know, we've been gone a, about three weeks. And there was a tragic event that happened a couple of weeks ago now on, I believe it was Tuesday, a week ago this past Tuesday local business owner who, a great friend of the show, he and his wife, he passed away. I'm talking about Mike Siegel over at Cigar Monkey. I'm sure folks have probably heard about that by now. A very tragic event, had a medical event, unfortunately succumbed to that. And I just want to give out our Citizen Watch uh, thoughts and condolences uh, to Janet, the family's loss. I know that uh, these things are obviously not planned, not expected. Uh, Mike was a very young man. Again, a great friend of the show, great friend of Merced, great friend of downtown Merced, has been downtown for a lot of years, very opinionated. We appreciate that. We like people that tell us their views, that aren't afraid to uh, be heard, to be to have their voices heard, especially when there's been so many concerns about downtown, downtown Merced, the issues that have plagued Merced, a lot of the taxation, different things. Now they're getting ready to start this P-bid district, uh, which is a way to tax the property owners as opposed to the business owners. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But again, a tremendous loss to not only the city of Merced, uh, but also to the Siegel family. So again, our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Uh, let's see what else I wanted to talk about. Fireworks enforcement, 4th of July. Uh, that was a complete... You know, 4th of July reminds me of making popcorn. I don't know, when you were a kid, we had the old... Every once in a while, Mom would break down and buy the Jiffy Pop, but even that was kind of expensive because when you look at what's in it, it's just popcorn and oil. So we had the old-fashioned metal aluminum popcorn maker with the you know the clear lid. Some of them were yellow. Kind of give you that pre-buttered look before you buttered them. But uh, you put the popcorn in with the, you know, the oil, and, you know, then one would start pop, you know, and pop, pop, pop. And then pop, 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 pop. And then it would just, you know, nuclear uh, chain reaction. You know, just nothing but pops. And then, you know, pop, and then it would die down, you know, pop, pop. And then maybe, you know, I don't know, a minute or two later, pop. You know, some old maid had pop. Boy, but hope we don't get letters on that. You know, a popcorn kernel that wanted to explode. That reminds me of 4th of July. It starts off slow, you know, pop, pop. And then it's pop, 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 pop. And then it's, you know, pop, pop, pop. You know, because they're still going on. I don't know, the people that still have one or two mortars left. I still hear them all this week. All kinds of, all times of the day and night. Makes no, absolutely no sense. But this was a huge, huge deal uh, here in Merced over the years. Uh, as you may have heard, maybe you didn't hear, there was a house that was lost. Over on Parsons and Yosemite Avenue, over in that area on George Avenue, George Street, J O E R G J, was one of those Scandinavian streets over there. And a very, very sad incident. It was a shake roof house, which, if you've lived in Merced any length of time, that's all we used to have was shake roof. 
used to be quite the look. Of course, now you have a lot of people with tile and composite. This guy, unfortunately, this family, unfortunately, had still had a shake roof. And a firework landed on top of it, burnt the house, I don't think quite to the ground, but uh, very, 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 very sad. Now, I'm going to read something before we go into the break, and we'll come back out of, out of the break, and we'll talk about what was discussed at the city council meeting on the fireworks and what happened, or what more pointedly didn't happen. And again, this isn't something that happens just on the 4th of July. This is constant now throughout the year, uh, New Year's, Christmas, any any holiday uh, you know, people have the baby, you know, the coming out, the, the uh, you know, the, the the reveal, you know, is it blue, is it red, is it green, is it, you know, I'm telling you, it, it's it's all the time. So uh, my popcorn analogy, uh, we're making popcorn all the time. Well, let me just read to you from the penal code. This, this used to be how we enforce laws, you know, uh, just the facts, ma'am, Joe Friday, penal code 451. Uh, this is uh, out of the... <laughs> Uh, crimes against property section, coincidentally. Uh, this is arson. Arson. 451 of the Penal Code uh, used to be something that was enforced. A person is guilty of arson when he or she willfully and maliciously sets fire to or burns a co- burns or causes to be burned or who aids, counsels, or procures the burning of any structure, forest, land, or property. Private property is a big deal in America, and we talk about it all the time. Subsection A, arson that causes great bodily injury is a felony punishable by imprisonment in the state prison for five, seven, or nine years. B, arson that causes an inhabited structure or inhabited property to burn is a felony punishable by imprisonment in the state prison for three, five, or eight years. Arson of a structure or forest land is a felony punishable by imprisonment in the state prison for two, four, or six years. So, uh, you know, I don't understand why we're not enforcing the laws, arson, when it comes to these illegal fireworks. And we'll talk about that more after the break. Unfortunately, we're out of time in the first segment of the 8 o'clock hour. But this fireworks uh, enforcement is is lacking, my friends. We hear from the fire department, weed abatement's going to start in November. This is what we need to hear a little bit more on the 4th of July. We'll be right back. This has got to cease, because we be getting hyped to the sound of the police. That's 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 the sound of the Hey, what's wrong with the uh, ones already on the book? I don't understand. You know, we uh, talk about, hey, we can't criminalize uh, homelessness. We can't criminalize the 4th of July. I mean, that's uh, the birth of a nation. But yet when we burn down somebody's house because of irresponsible behavior, that's not arson? I guess that's what we want, is not to enforce the laws, because we certainly wouldn't want to criminalize uh, bad behavior. Again, I read 
Let me give the slate. Here we are, Citizen Watch, Saturday morning, July 10th, the 8 o'clock hour, second segment. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOSK. We got that out of the way. I read the uh, Penal Code Section 451. For you Leos out there, and I'm not talking about the Zodiac sign, you'll know what I'm talking about. Pretty much a felony right on down the road here. Let me read a couple I didn't. Uh, arson of property is a felony, a felony punishable by imprisonment in the state prison for 16 months, two or three years. For purposes of this paragraph, and here's the one that always, uh, <laughs> you get the, uh, the joint property where the husband and the wife are splitting up, and uh, here's the one that gets you out of trouble there. For the purposes of this paragraph, arson of property does not include one burning or causing to be burned his or her own personal property. Unless there is an intent to defraud, which, uh, you know, you file the insurance claim, get behind on the car payment, you know, you take the car. It was stolen and burned on the ditch bank. I think we had a super, well, anyway. Or there is injury to another person or another person's structure, forest land, or property. So you can burn your own property, no problema. You, you want to burn down your own house as long as you don't cause injury to another person's structure, forest land, or property which is kind of hard to do to burn your own property. But bottom line is these folks that are sending up pounds and pounds of fireworks up into the sky at one time, I call them these party boxes. You light one fuse and it's like a 10-minute mortar show. That's irresponsible. And you are, in my mind, when you do that in a populated area with structures nearby, you're no different than a firebug. You're no different than an arsonist. And why we can't get control of this, I'll never know. I want to play a comment that was made at the Merced City Council meeting last Tuesday night by a homeowner, uh, somebody who's just moved to the area three short years and uh, has noticed the difference. Let's go to that now. Um, can I get Marsha Vomasti? I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. Okay, it's Vomastic. Bohemian Gypsy. We like it. Um I have been in Merced for only three years, so I, I'm just getting the hang of it here. Uh, I came from Wisconsin, and there um, I used to try to go to council meetings, but found there was a correlation with my high blood pressure. So um, I probably won't be here again until I have something no, no difference. passionate about. <laughs> but like the, right here. these fireworks I am passionate about because... It is all year round. You know, I don't know what the heck they're they're celebrating, but on July 4th, I, it was a war zone, and I could see it right outside my house. They were, I'm pretty sure, in an intersection, so who are you going to find? Yeah, it, it's just terrifying, um, and I really appreciate having the Merced Connect app. I'm going to get to know how to use that better, but it, uh, the response from that has been phenomenal. Um, not just for fireworks, but for anything. Um, and also, I recommend to add the, the Nextdoor app to your social network uh, presence. I, I think that would be helpful. There's a lot of discussion on there, and I discovered there's an awful lot of people, um, not just in Merced, but probably the entire state, who think they're being patriotic by terrorizing their neighbors, uh, endangering their property, and... You know, there, as far as I know, there is no right to set off fireworks and, and terrify your neighbors. Uh, it's a privilege that they get to do any 
fireworks at all. Um, and privileges can be taken away. Rights might not, but it's a privilege. And we really, really need to look at um, making it easier on our firemen and police officers uh, to distinguish between illegal fireworks and safe and, uh, what is it called, sane. It's not sane, it's ter still terrible. Um, I don't know if it'd be better that where I came from, there was usually a city um, opportunity to see fireworks. However, I'm old, you know, this, that was a, a big thing, you know, when you're kids, you'd go see the, the civic fireworks. It was a big deal. It's sort of like the Castle Air Museum things, and maybe Merced should look into that. And I, but I know you've already heard all this, and I just wanted to say those people doing that are not patriots. Uh, the true patriots are the people that are being good citizens, trying to do their civic duties, the people like you that, that are volunteering, essentially. <laughs> you may get a small stipend, but it's not enough, probably. But I, it, they're not going to come out and talk about it, you know, especially the old older people like me and my husband. You know, my husband's a Vietnam vet, Army Ranger, and he has to sit there and listen to that. And he's, he doesn't say much about it, and I, it's probably me, affects me more than him, but we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to see the fireworks right by our house and be being scared that it's going to land on our house and burn our house up and take our five cats, and it, it's just awful. So, yeah, we get to start now because they'll be doing it for Memorial Day and, and, and Labor Day and New Year's Eve. It's not just the 4th of July, and it is not patriotic. So thank you for your time. Thank you for coming to talk to us. I just, I just left Wisconsin a few days ago, and it was uh, probably even worse there. So. so again, you could hear the frustration of the homeowner, the new resident to Merced, relatively new, you know, the last 36 months. And of course, our mayor, his response is, hey, it's bad everywhere, man. Uh, you know, I just came back from where you moved from, and it's bad there. So why are you complaining? Well, the reason we're complaining is because it didn't used to be that bad here. She, as she said, it's gotten worse and worse. It's all year long now. Again, it's a you know reveal, you know, what gender is the kid? Uh, I, I, I don't know. But we have to do something, and enforcement needs to happen. This, And again, I appreciate the efforts of the fire department, of the police department. I was really impressed uh, in the efforts prior to the holiday where when they would do a, a routine traffic stop or come across some uh, folks with fireworks, they would go the extra mile, toss the house, do a search, maybe find some other issues, firearms, those type of things, things that they weren't supposed to have possession of uh, in any case. The fire, uh, the new fire chief, Chief Parker, made a presentation to the council Monday night. A lot of, lot of technical problems, just like the enforcement of the uh, of the fireworks ordinances that we have a lot of technical problems in the presentation trying to get that out to the public it's still not fixed on the city website a lot of the slides uh un unable to be seen the uh, dialogue unable to be heard but one slide that the chief had was uh, talked about clandestine operations of the police department now i love the choice of words i don't know if that was intentional or not but clandestine indicates that uh, you're kind of doing something you shouldn't do, 
uh, maybe outside of the norm, uh, you know, like supplying the Sandinistas with arms. You know, that was somewhat clandestine on Oliver North's, North's part. Supposedly Ronald Reagan didn't know about it, but I don't think that any clandestine operations by the police department should be characterized as such. These should be law enforcement operations that are within the scope of the police and what they should do. They should be out there enforcing the law, trying to do these by bus, but I don't I don't I don't understand the term clandestine. We need to have more of this and all throughout the year, and that was one of the comments you heard from the uh, gentle lady that talked at the council meeting about, uh, you know, don't wait until next July. For God's sakes, do something now. How many more houses have to burn? How many more arsons have to happen? What happened over there the other uh, night, last night, at the auto parts place? Was that uh, a cooking fire that got a little out of hand? Was that a, you know, spontaneous combustion of a meth pipe? I mean, what was it? We have all of these laws on the books. We have these assault, this assault on private property rights here in this town with the lack of enforcement, the lack of enforcement of this dangerous situation, these firebugs that insist on lighting this stuff off every night, every day, behind me, Saturday night, what was 4th of July, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night was a long holiday, folks. Sunday night, you know, the, the box of fun goes off. And, and just like the lady said, they go out into, you know, they're not stupid. They go out into the street. They put it in the street. How do you, you know, whose property is that? That's the city. There's no homeowner to cite an administrative fine. Is that clandestine? No. You should have cops out there witnessing these mortars go up, knock on the door and scratch out a sight. To the person that lit it. The fire chief in his presentation talked about when they went to the GIS, you know, get the APN, the assessor, assessor's parcel number for the property they want to cite. They can't put the owner and the person that lives there together. So now you have a problem there in the GIS, the uh, global information system or the positioning system we have. You know, what happened to just writing citations like we used to do, you know, for speeding and things like that? or arrest people for arson, a felony. Now we have all these $1,000 citations out there that are going to be hard to enforce. And there's an administrative review you can request. So again, this, this fireworks enforcement has just, has just been abysmal. And if you don't look at it as an assault on your private property rights, well, you're wrong because government is supposed to provide public safety. That's one of the primary responsibilities public safety. And the reason I'm harping on this is because later on in the meeting, matter of fact, it was the next item on the city council's agenda was a rental ordinance, a rental registry for all the rental units. Every single room in the city of Merced is going to be forced to pay a fee of over $10 a month to make sure your rentals is safe because, you know, we don't want to have anybody in substandard housing. Now, we can have mortars go up every, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes on a holiday weekend. We can't do anything about that. We have to have clandestine police operations. What about having just regular old law enforcement? How about that? But no, we're going to have a rental ordinance, a rental registry, 
And here's the rub on that. I might as well get into that just a little bit. They can only inspect about 10% of what they think are rentals out there. So if a, in a 10-year period, it's going to take 10 years. It's like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. You start at one end. 10 years later, you get done at the other end. Now it's time to go back to the other end. Start all over. And that's how the chief presented it here. Ideally, they'll inspect 10 a year. But everybody pays the fee. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Now, where do you think that fee is going to be passed on to? But let's stay with the fireworks presentation. So anyway, uh, big, big uh, plans to do something someday about the firework problem. They know it's a problem. They acknowledge it. They thank, thank everybody for their efforts. Meanwhile, tell that to the guy on George Avenue over there at Parsons in Yosemite. Tell that guy that, hey, next year we'll get on that because his house is lost. He's homeless. He has no house. And unfortunately, he had no insurance, according to the newspaper article, because it was a shake roof, couldn't find insurance. So this guy lost everything on Independence Day. It's like the lady said, they're not patriots, and we have to quit treating them as if they are. This problem is out of control. It's only going to get worse, and we have to address it. <sighs> we'll be back. Third and final segment. The 8 o'clock hour, and then that bonus half hour, Jim Costa, congressman at 9 o'clock. Stick with us. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley on Mercedes News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Citizen Watch. We'll be back. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning, third and final segment, Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Reset's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. July 10th, 2021, boy, middle of the, almost the middle of the month. It's my birthday month. A couple of more weeks. Oh boy, I tell you, they sneak up on you quick. Hey, here we are, talking about the Merced City, get ready to go out, Merced City Council meeting. It happened Tuesday. A lot of things in there. We're not going to get to them all. The fireworks, uh, <laughs> fireworks enforcement, I don't have to tell you it was lacking at best. House burned down in Merced. Fireworks landed on the roof. Uh, where I was at, out there by the lake, uh, grass fire started right before the uh, incident over on Parsons, George Avenue. House burnt down. Very, very sad. Guy didn't have any insurance. I read the uh, penal code section for arson. I don't know why we're not enforcing that. Again, we hear so many things. Uh, we don't want to criminalize. You know, we don't want to brutalize, uh, you know, the heavy hand of the law. We look at that with, with our homeless situation. Uh, you know, you can't criminalize homelessness. No, but you can criminalize trespassing. You can criminalize, uh, criminalize le uh, littering, uh, public urination, public defecation, vandalism, arson. Uh, those type of things you can uh, enforce, and yet we have to have the political will to do so, one of the things that the council does have the political will to do is to start a rental registry. Uh, this has uh, been talked about at a previous meeting. My thoughts on it were that they should have an exemption for five or more rentals, whether they be five houses you have spread throughout the city, 
whether it be five apartments you own, whatever it is, I think you should have a, uh, an exemption. If you are an investor, private owner, uh, if you're uh, just trying to uh, make a couple of bucks uh, with your money, again, this is the beauty of America, is private property ownership. And once again, we have an assault on private property ownership by the city council of Merced under the guise of helping, uh, trying to alleviate substandard housing, uh, poor housing that is in poor conditions. Now, this is something that is is a, a fact of life here in Merced, the city of Merced. We've had several incidents over the years of apartments, homes, those type of things that have had to be condemned, shut down, boarded up because the living situation was uh, not uh, meeting health code enforcement, that sort of thing. But we have vehicles now, Department of Public Health, code enforcement, by which to inspect, by which to uh, take care of these uh, problems. Because currently we have a complaint-driven system. If you don't like something, you call somebody, they come and fix it. It may take a while. There's a concern about retaliation. You know, if you call and drop the dime, your landlord's going to kick you out. I don't know how you legislate against some of those things, human behavior, personal behavior. Again, we don't want to criminalize so many things, but I guess we want to make the landlord accountable. So the proposed system is a rental registry. Now, you have to develop a rental registry, and that's going to be a big, uh, big expense. Of course, you have to have somebody oversee it. So they're going to use uh, 40% of a battalion chief's time. This is all going to be administered through the fire department, not code enforcement, not economic, uh, you know, any kind of uh, engineering. No, nothing like that. No, the fire department, as if they don't have enough to do, they're going to be in charge of this. Then they're going to have a person in the office, uh, you know, developing this registry. Then they're going to have two enforcement people. Then they're going to have somebody to send out the notices. So it's basically four full-time positions. Now, they're going to charge every quite a bit of discussion at the city council meeting about the fees. They had the first option they proposed when this initially was trotted out by Chief Parker a few months ago, a month or so ago. Those fees were quite onerous, uh, $16 a month. I did my MCOE math. It was, uh, it was touch and go there for a minute, 1667 times 12. There was a lot of erasures, a lot of uh, crossing out, but that basically came to $200 a year. Of course, an administrative fee on top of that. It's like when I get my water from MID, it's not enough. I pay the acre foot charge. I have to pay that admin fee the first time, the first irrigation. That's to, you know, get you set up, make sure they're, you know, putting the money in the right account. That's 20 bucks in this situation. And that's for a single family home. Now, there's different differences in, uh, you know, a triplex, a duplex, you know, the gateway or the gardens. I don't know. You got 200 units under one roof. There's a little bit of a break. But the bottom line, I see this as an assault on the private property owner, the investor, the retiree, the person that wants to, uh, you know, better their situation, maybe invest in real estate. Well, now the city's coming after you. They want to get this rental registry set up. They've got to go through the GIS, you know, make sure the APN and the people match up, blah, blah, blah. And again, we're not saying there isn't a problem. We're not saying there isn't a problem at all. But why don't we use the existing uh, vehicles by which we have to address these problems? Here's a little bit of the rub, too. In the ordinance, uh, any units that are inspected by other entities 
uh, will not be inspected by the city. And, of course, that's your Section 8 housing. Now, where do you think most of the problems come from the folks that complain about their housing situation? A lot of it is Section 8. This is administered by the federal government. But, no, we're not going after them. We're not even collecting the fee from them. So, again, you're only going to inspect 10% of the houses every year, all of the rentals. And they, they <laughs> I think they're flawed in their metric. They anticipate only 500 homes in Merced are currently being used as rentals. I would say in the neighborhood behind me in Moraga, there's 500 homes just in that neighborhood, let alone Bellevue, downtown, all the other areas and pockets in Merced. So they're going to collect the fee every year and hopefully get to inspect you once every 10 years. Now, there's a self-certification. That's kind of that's kind of funny to me, but, uh, you know, you can self-certify after you have one inspection to make sure you're compliant. But after that, you can self-certify for a little additional fee. So you can pay the fee that they're not going to come see you, or you can self-certify and guarantee they aren't going to come see you. So again, a single-family home, now they've got it down to about 120 a year. This is what the council decided uh, to adopt the other night. There's going to be a public hearing in August. Where is the Board of Realtors in this town? Do you guys have any position on this, yay, nay, otherwise? You don't see this as an assault on private property rights? Well, I remember years ago when they wanted to have a rental moratorium. Who my shorts, you should have seen the gnashing of teeth with the rental community in this town. Crickets, crickets on this one. Do we have a government affairs director? Do we? Do we? Are we on the Delta? I don't know. Anyway, uh, very, very interesting. Section 8 exempt from this. Let me play a comment from Councilman Bawomany. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Former Councilman Bawomany. Uh, was a mayoral candidate not that long ago. Here's what he had to say about this proposed rental registry here in the city of Merced. And it's happening, folks. It's happening. So let me play a clip. This is a statement starting off by Chief Parker saying, hey, if you want to take care of this problem, we have to look at every room. So that's right, folks. If you have a house and you're renting one room to somebody, you're part of this rental registry. One room and you're part of the rental registry. There should be an exemption. You know, they just passed this, uh, the granny flat the ADU, the accessory dwelling unit. Well, here comes the other shoe, folks. Here comes the government. Now they want to inspect it. If you're renting it, they want to inspect it. Even a room in your house. Every room in the city of Merced. Here's the comments. One from the fire chief justifying it and Michael Bowomany giving a little comment. If, if our intent is to um, improve substandard living, we want to be able to do that wholly. Uh, okay. I have Mr. Bowomany. So I, I attended the uh, good evening again, mayor and council members and staff. I attended the last uh, meeting where you discussed this and there was this same confusion. The city attorney explained that uh, two and three units in the same dwelling would be exempted under one version. And then the fire chief explained that, no, he's going to inspect single family and everything. So I, I'm still confused about that. Also, the reference uh, on the screen was to a fee of... Uh, $150 a year for inspections and $50 a year for administrative fee per year. When you read the ordinance, it says that the units only have to be inspected once every two years. 
So I'm unclear if the year that they're not inspected, they still pay a $50 administrative fee and a $150 inspection fee because those are quoted as annual. So there's confusion about the presentation. Um, so now actually to start with my, what I was gonna say. Um, my purpose is to recommend changing the rental inspection ordinance before approving it uh, so that it is more economical, not raising rents as much, so it is um, more fair to landlords while protecting tenants, and so that it addresses the serious problem, substandard rentals, rather than uh, burdening all rentals. An underlying question uh, behind this ordinance is, what problem are we trying to solve? Um, my understanding is we're trying to solve really substandard, uh, dilapidated units and trying to correct them. Making it more economical. Uh, the proposal is to create four full-time staff positions, essentially, uh, at a cost of half a million dollars, uh, to be funded fully by fees collected from rentals, thereby raising the, the cost of operating rentals, which will turn into raising rents. Uh, one of these staff members, as my understanding of the presentation, is needed to set up the initial inventory of 7,300 rentals in the city with addresses and descriptions of the rentals, etc. I would urge also to consider making that position a one-year contract position, so once the inventory uh, is set up, that position could go away, and this would only have to fund three full-time positions, two of which are inspectors. Um, more fair to landlords while protecting tenants. There ought to be a requirement in this ordinance for an education and notification system to tenants. I think at least once a year, tenants should receive some sort of a notice uh, of what the um, rental maintenance program is, how they contact it, how they can make a complaint, how, how they can protect their rights. Um, more, more fair to landlords. This ordinance is meant to address substandard and, and uh, dilapidated rentals, often owned by out-of-town landlords, yet it, it raises the rent on all 7,300 apartments. Seems that um, the fee structure should be heavy on finding landlords who do not repair reported serious deficiencies and should be light, the fees should be light, on landlords who do maintain rentals in good condition. Specifically, the ordinance prohibits landlords from raising the rent annually as usual, if a, if, if a defect is found on inspection and the landlord corrects it, even within 30 days, for that year, he's not able to raise his rent, which he could raise his rent, uh, I believe, under state law, up to 10% in the course of a year. That's a huge penalty to that landlord for something he may not have even realized existed a, a defect in the, in the dwelling because the tenant had never complained. So I think it needs to be a, a penalty that is more f uh, implemented on landlords who do not respond to uh, reports and inspections. Ooh. Address the serious problem of substandard housing without using personnel and funds to inspect rentals in good condition. Uh, during staff presentation, there was a mention of 7,300 rentals plus maybe 500 single family. I think 500 single family is hugely underestimated. Half the people, half the people in Merced rent. So there's probably more like 5,000, not 500, 5,000 single family houses that are rented, which would make just a huge program and I think biting off more than the city can chew and more than is cost effective to try and address the real problem, which is heavily dilapidated and da dangerous rental units. So I would urge you to uh, consider making these kind of changes before approving the ordinance. Thank you. Thank you.
Great use of time by former Councilman Bawomany using all of the clock, just like we have in this segment, the final segment of Citizen Watch. We'll have to leave it there. We'll talk about it next week. There's a lot that was talked at the council meeting, more things. It was a four-hour meeting. Hard to cover it in a 45-minute show. So we're out of time. Enjoyed having you. The bonus half hour, Congressman Costa. Coming up right after the news, top of the hour news, you want to stick with that. If you miss any shows, go to 1480kyos.com. Click on the navigation bar podcasts and you'll find our shows. So happy to have you with us every Saturday. Hopefully you can join us next Saturday. If you have any ideas for the show, send them in at 1480kyos.com. PSA, 1480kyos.com. We're out of time. My name is Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. This has been Citizen Watch. Bye-bye.